0: have your Bibles open with me to the book of Joshua the 14th chapter. Joshua chapter 14. I appreciate Mike's comments earlier. I do look nice today. Several of you have told me so, which kind of implies that last Sunday I didn't look so good. Anyway, this is not my preacher outfit. This is my memorial service outfit for the funeral at two o'clock. I started to come out just with a shirt and coat and pants on of course and not wear a tie. And Anita said, you can't do that. So I went back in and put on the tie. So anyway, here I am. I want to talk with you a little while this morning, just for a short period of time, about Joshua and Caleb and some interesting events that, at least to me, take place in this chapter. I want to begin reading with you in verse 6. Now, the Israelites have come up to the land of promise, and they've crossed the river into to Israel, Palestine, and... Joshua is asking. Uh, Caleb, brother, is asking here for his inheritance. Verse six. Then the son of Joshua, the sons of Judah, drew near to Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, "You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land." And I brought back from him the word as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land which your foot has trodden will be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now behold, the Lord has let me live just as he spake these forty-five years. From the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness and now behold I'm 85 years old today. I'm still as strong today as I was in the day of Moses sent me as my strength was then so my strength is now for war, for going out and for coming in. Now then give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were there. They have great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me, and I will drive them out from before the Lord, as He has spoken. So Joshua blessed him, and gave Hebron to Caleb the son of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite until this day, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, fully. You get that he followed the Lord fully three times in that passage. I did exactly what God said. Now, I want to talk with you about Caleb and some interesting things, at least to me, in that passage because he says some things that just intrigue me. Uh, I want to ask you this first. How long can you live on a promise from anybody? Not very long because you know how we are down here as human beings. We'll make a promise. Uh, If you'll be good to the little kids... I'm going to take you to the store and we'll get you a toy. And you never go to the store. And you never get them a toy. Maybe they haven't been good. Whatever the reason may be. We have so many unfulfilled promises here. God is true to His Word. And that's something I want all of us to understand. But uh, Caleb just says some, some things. He's 85 years old. And he says, my strength is today just like it was when I was 40. Either he didn't have much strength when he was 40, or he is an unusual man. We've probably got some guys here close to 80, some of you a little over 80. Can, Can you say that? I'm in my late 70s, I guess. I can't say that. Caleb does. He's trusted in the promise of God. And the lesson here is for us. I'd suggest to you, first of all, that Caleb is not a whiner. Israel was. Book of 1 Corinthians, about the 10th chapter. Paul is rehearsing to the people what all the Israelites did that caused them to die in the wilderness. They were murmurers. Murmurers. It's the sound of people talking underneath their breath. It's a sign of sullen discontent. And I just about guarantee you that every one of us have been whiners. Now, we we are not like Caleb was, okay? Can you imagine what he and Joshua both went through? They journeyed through the wilderness about a year or two, not long. They come to the land of promise. Moses sends the spies over, the spies come back, Ten of them say, it's a great land, but the people there are gigantic. There is no way we can conquer them. They have these huge fortified cities. We're going to die if we try to... Joshua and Caleb both said, we can take it by the power of God. And God turned them back. Can you hear Caleb saying to God, I did exactly what you said. You ought to let me and Joshua go into the land. Let the people go back and die in the wilderness if you want to, but let us go in. It's not fair. We've got four sons. Everybody here is a child of somebody. You have raised your children, and I will guarantee you that every one of us and every one of our kids. And every one of our grandkids at one time or another has uttered the phrase, it's not fair. It's not fair. You gave him more broccoli than you gave me. It's not fair. Everybody else gets to do this, but I don't. It's not fair. And that's the whining that we carry on, not just down here, but to God. We'll say to him, Lord, it's not fair. For me to have to go out in this wilderness for 40 years, I want my land now. I want it now. And that's the way we are as people. I don't know what Caleb did for the 40 years of wilderness wandering, but I don't see him as being a complainer. Point number two I'd make about him is he's not jealous. Mike's one of the preachers here and I'm one of the preachers here and Trent's one of the preachers. Which one of us is best? You see jealousy here? I'm not what I once was, but I used to be the best. Jealousy is a sin as well. You'll find it in the book of 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, the love chapter of the Bible. Verse 4, love is not Jealous. Love doesn't look around and say, you need to take note of me, of who I am. I need to get my way periodically or all the time. We're jealous, we want something that we can't have, and we want it now. I don't see that being true of Caleb. You'll find it in other passages in the Bible. It's in the book of Acts, the seventh chapter as well. Um, Stephen is making his defense, and he's kind of recounting to to the Jews the, the history of Israel. And he said, the patriarchs, when you go all the way back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob's sons, they didn't like the fact that Joseph got all the attention. They were jealous of him, and that's the word that's used. They were jealous of him, and they sold him into slavery. Jealousy is a sin, and Caleb could have had that, I guess, as well as anybody else. Um, Why does Joshua get all the attention? I mean, there's a Bible book named after him. There's not one named after Caleb. Can Caleb complain to God? I I want to be in charge. I I want the attention. I I want. I want. I don't see any of that taking place in this man either. He was not jealous. What he was, was useful in the kingdom of God. I see a lot of biblical characters who are useful in the kingdom of God. I don't understand a lot of the world of how God treats us down here. Caleb goes out into the wilderness along with Joshua and all the rest of the Israelites. What did he do to be a servant of God? I don't read about him all through that wilderness wandering period when all of the other Israelites died. Millions of them. Everybody who was above the age of 20 died in the wilderness. Except Joshua and Caleb. What do you think he did for 40 years? I think the same thing we do for the 40 years of our life. I believe he pitched his tent. I believe when God said move, he packed it all up and he walked. What he did was what we do. He got up. He went to work. He raised his children. He did all of the things that he was supposed to do. This is being a servant in the kingdom of God. It's not about who preaches and who leads singing and who does all of this in the church service. It's what we do every day of our life that makes us useful in the kingdom of God. We go on vacation, we take God with us. We come back from vacation, we bring God home with us. We get up, we go to work as servants of God. We raise our children as servants of God. We take them to practice for sports and music and all of these other things because that's what we're supposed to do. And Caleb is faithful in his service to God. You see a lot of biblical characters that are Stephen, the first Christian martyr. Didn't live a long time. You see James, the brother of John, executed fairly early in the book of Acts. Why did God let that happen to them? Because God needed it to happen. I don't understand a lot that goes on in the world. I just know that these men were faithful to God. In few years or in many years, they were faithful to their God. And that's what we need to be in this life. He was a man of faith within himself. When you read in the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter along about verse 6, faith is believing that God is and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him, who serve Him. How many years do we have to serve God to receive that reward? I don't have a clue. Some many and some few. But I know that God is going to reward me. He has promised to reward all of us who are faithful to him. It's important for us to remember that. Caleb did. And he knew that God was going to give him what he had promised. How long can you exist on a promise that's made to you? God has uttered the promise to us. One day we'll be with him in heaven. And that's kind of what I wanted to really get around to talking with you about. Give me this mountain that you promised. Caleb has labored for 45 years. I don't think he counted the years. I think he just did what God said to do day by day by day. And that's what we need to do. Serve Him because God had promised Him a mountain. God has promised us something as well. Years ago, 1970, Nina and I left this part of the country. We went away. Preached some in Georgia. Preached some in North Carolina. Last 14 years in Texas. I loved the experience in Texas. I loved all of the places we've lived. But to me, there's something about Coleman County that kind of gets in your bones, in your blood. Texas is flat. I don't know if you knew that. From Houston, where we live, you could go three hours inland, three hours on an interstate, to get to the hill country of Texas. And the hill country there means you can look out and there's a little rise. It's not a mountain not a hill. And I promised myself I will not die here, Texas. So we came home to the hills and hollers of Coleman County. It's not a hollow. It's a holler. You have to get the enunciation correct. The hills and hollers, it's in my blood. When I was a kid in high school, you could walk out our back door. We lived on a farm. You could go down a hill up a hill and at the foot of every hill was a creek. Why does that mean so much to me? I ought to be able to walk up and down and up and down all I want to. You can sit on a rocky outcropping there and watch the squirrels play. You can call it hunting if you want to. You don't have to shoot them. You just watch them play. It gets in your blood. What Caleb here is asking for, give me this mountain that you promise. Give me this mountain that you promise. He's 85 years old. How long is he going to live? I don't know. What I know is he came home to die. I don't know when I'm going to die. I hope a couple of years yet. but it's not an earthly home that I want. It's a heavenly home. Lord, You've promised us heaven. It's a glorious thought. You know, home is not just a place. Home is people. It's people that you were raised with. It's people that you have learned to love. It's people that you worked with. That home in heaven that God has promised us Is populated by people, souls of people, family members, friends, loved ones that we've worshipped with in different places for years and we've watched them die with the thought that one of these days we're going to be with them again. God has promised me a home. He's promised the same thing to you. And we need that in this life. We need to be faithful to our God, to hold on to Him, to serve Him every day of our life so one day we can go home to be with Him in heaven. And that will be a glorious sight. We want to offer you at this time the invitation of the Lord. If you're present and you're not a Christian, that's a home that's not promised to you. What you need to do is respond, be responsive to the invitation of our Lord. You need faith that Jesus is the Son of God. The willingness to repent of your sins. Turn from it. Confess your faith in Christ. Be baptized for the remission of your sins. And then be faithful to this death that one day we can go home to be with God. Do you need to respond this morning to the invitation of the Savior, We'll ask you to come while we stand and sing.